Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more shows on a weekly basis, on Thursdays, we drop members-only shows for members only. On the website and the Castos app, if you're interested in more content on Thursdays, access to the overtime shows and Tuesday shows ad-free, you want to be a member, go to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, become a member and get access to all that exclusive content. All right, today we got a great show planned for you is because we have an in-studio guest and every time I have an in-studio guest, it's just a little bit more fun. Cody, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Uh, man, I'm glad I'm glad you're here, dude. Um you're a local guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's why you're here. And uh, you recently just started listening to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first episode you heard was uh, what? What did I call that episode? Was it a Dogman or Portals of Oak Ridge, something like that? I believe that's right. And and you told me that uh, you're actually you actually came through those portals into yeah. the other, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. here I am, and I want to talk to you. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I came over and I was doing some research for my people, and yeah, I heard your. Uh, your investigation, so I had to come in and uh, kind of quiet you down. Yeah, yeah. You popping in, <laughs> get me reined back in. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it, it's funny because uh, you know you heard that show and it spawned you know you listening and reaching out and stuff. And what I what I um, what I find interesting is that you're you're me only better. So, like, <laughs> so, so you, we're talking to a guy who professionally does audio for a living, and I'm just like a guy who learned as I went. So. Well, I don't know if anybody would call me a professional, especially not my wife. But <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I try to be. Um, I would say I've been screwing up a lot for the last 10 years, so I learned how to do things right. Well, more than 10 years, probably 20, 25 years I've been in audio. Um, 
there's been a lot of mistakes that I've learned from and uh, yeah. had some opportunities. Some really awesome people give me some opportunities to uh, to mess up or do good. And, you know, you try to excel from from those things. But yeah, man, I've, I've uh, dove head first into the audio world when I was younger and haven't really looked back. So you, you've done audio, you do video, uh, you do a lot of stuff and you, you worked for different, what, what they were like, uh, they were TV shows, right? I worked for the production companies that, that did the TV shows. Um, pretty much we build the, the shows uh, from start to finish and then we sell those to the networks. Um, and they, you know, there are a lot of true crime related, uh, some reality, a little bit of everything, um, stuff that uh, definitely kept us busy. I actually helped grow a local company. Uh, I was there for a little over a decade. Um, we grew, our our production team was very small to start, and we ended up helping grow that place into the nation's largest producer of true crime TV shows. Uh, the most hours, I think, put into that kind of murder, murder, death kill type shows. How was that for you? Uh, you know, at first it was really fun getting that creativity. Um, we started getting busy and the creativity kind of took us a backseat and then the crunch came in and, and tell you what, looking at dead bodies for that long, it, it kind of gets a little unhealthy on your mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can imagine. I, um, even doing the paranormal, the conversations and stuff, sometimes it, it, it gets, it gets in your head mm. and you know, like, like I'm more of a conspiratorial type minded person to begin with. Like I, I'm kind of, I kind of look at the world and like, uh, I don't trust a whole lot, you know? Uh, and, and so doing this stuff, I, it kind of gets in my head and there's times that I'll think I'm experiencing something and I'm like, hold on a second. Am I experiencing something or is this just because I'm at the studio at three o'clock in the morning and I just talked talk to this person who, you know, told me how, you know, they were raped by a demon or something, you know, like <laughs> running on no caffeine and no sleep. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it kind of gets to you. So uh, I know you, you mentioned to me in the email and uh, you've mentioned to me before we were recording that, that kind of, that kind of stuff got to you and you had to kind of move away from the con that kind of content because it was messing with your head a little bit yeah i mean it, it got really heavy you know i actually met my wife there um and when she first started it, you know, it was the same thing she she was all gung-ho and she did excelled really far she climbed a lot further than i did she's mm -hmm. she's a better person all around than i am um but even with her you know she, so she, now it makes sense because you said that your what your your wife uh, says that you're not you wouldn't be a professional, so you're saying your wife is in the same field as you. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> and you're saying she's better than me, so that's yeah. yeah I yeah, got it now. Yeah. I got it. Well, I mean, also she's just you know she helps raise our well, she pretty much raises our two year old. Yeah. You know, on her back, he he doesn't let me do a whole lot. He's definitely a mama's boy. So yeah, it's right. always amazing seeing a woman raise a son, have yeah. ha have a child, and then raise it. But yeah, it got really heavy on us, man. It was. Um, COVID hit, we were working from home and we had this infant and, you know, we were at, ho at home all the time. So we didn't really think daycare was going to be a good thing. We used that opportunity to, to stay with him, but you know, we're, he's sitting on our lap and we're working and you know, there's somebody's got 12 gunshot wounds in them. It just, it's not really healthy. And we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, all right, let's, let's try and do something else. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of went back to, uh, I guess my roots, um, investigating and, and trying to do as much work in the paranormal realm as I could. And kind of lucked out. 
I uh, left that company and started freelancing and doing my own stuff. And there was an opportunity from some people that I knew that had left the same company and started another uh, production company doing not murder. (laughs) So they finally reached out to me when work was picking up. And the first thing that they had uh, come up was uh, a paranormal, um, you know, America's, you know, haunted uh, visitation. Like, where would you want to go for a, a, a ghost hunting holiday kind of experiment? And um, it, it was it was fun to get back into something that I was interested in and something that I could actually, you know, be. So you you visit a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a long trip. Um, the first the first one that we did it was it was a month. It was month and a half long. And it was a lot of being on the road. There was little flying and mostly driving. Went all the way up the East Coast. Um, Lizzie Borden Hotel, uh, Sleepy Hollow, uh, Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, which I don't, you know, it's pretty faux pas to say now, but yeah. <laughs> it's uh, that's that's you know they stuck with the name. That was that was a pretty wild place. Um, and all the way down to Florida, St. Augustine. Um, there were a couple in there that were you can tell like probably in the network's ideas because you get there yeah. and you're like, well, this isn't that scary, but we'll enjoy it. So we, <laughs> we went to, um, what is the name of the lake in Georgia? Um, Lady in the Blue Dress. Oh, that sounds real familiar to Christian. Uh, Lady in the Blue Dress in Georgia. Uh, and while, Christian, can you turn up his microphone sensitivity a little bit? I, I think I have the noise gate a little too strong, but we'll, if you turn the sensitivity up, it'll be fine. It is. Um, it goes. But, um, so what you you said about the uh the, the corporate side of like it was their idea kind of thing on certain spots that's how i feel about a place in pennsylvania called east state penitentiary everybody loves it yeah. and every, I, i've been there and i'm just like this seems very commercially <laughs> and just very hokey yeah and cuz like the first time i went there i was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're about to get in it and i'm walking around like womp womp you know <laughs> I, I will say there was a, a big, and going into some of this stuff, you know, it, you feel like some of them might be tourist traps. It might be something that's just leading people in. Yeah. Because it had a story at one point. Um, and I, I, I kind of kept my reservations about a lot of it, but there were some some things that happened to us, uh, which was enough to keep me on my toes and then give me goosebumps every once in a while. <laughs> so yeah. that was... Um, that was, uh, it was, I guess, a change of mind, I guess, uh, not what I expected. We went into Trans-Allegheny, went through the whole place during the day. Uh, it was about two or three o'clock in the morning, I think, when we went. And, you know, they show us this is where they did the lobotomies, which if you, if you don't know the, rec- the, the history behind Trans-Allegheny and, and the history of lobotomies, that was pretty much the, not necessarily the birthplace, but where the majority of them happened. And there's a lot of really dark messed up history happened there you know pretty much anybody if if they you know their wife they disagreed with their wife at all they can send them there and and, you know put them under whatever generic blanket problem that they the doctors back then wanted to say they had and then they got lobotomized jeez (laughs) yeah not just the women the kids uh anybody um there was some cool history about that place because it was so old um i believe it held the largest amount of a um I want to say it's limestone. It's certain certain type of stone that's known to be really um, conductive for paranormal activity. Yeah. Um, besides the um, 
the uh, sorry, I'm having a blank. The Russian, um, the big Russian assembly federal building. I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, I can't think of the name of it now. It's the the Kremlin. Oh, the Kremlin. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So okay. the Kremlin is number one in the world for having this this large amount of this stone. Trans Allegheny is number two. So I, I'm pretty sure limestone is. Uh, it, uh, I think in Kentucky, which isn't mm-hmm. far from here. I've seen this is in West Virginia, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Weston. So in Kentucky, I think that there's the largest amount of deposit of limestone in the country. I thought that's mm-hmm. that's I thought that, that, that sounds right. I know there's a lot of limestone mining there, even lots. even down here. Yeah, I, I I was just gonna say I uh, driving by um, out towards the Oak Ridge area. I think mm-hmm. uh, off uh, was it? It's not forty. I forget, but. You see the the mines right right off the road yep. there, and yep. it's just like wow, and they're huge. Yeah, they're massive, absolutely massive. There's some where they've again. I think I know the one you're talking about. That's right off the road, um, kind of like the back way to get where a lot of the Y12 and ORNL workers yes. to get to work. Yes, it seems like it's expanded a lot. And it's like I wonder what they're doing down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so. I I uh, I I'm working on trying to figure that out. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> They're, yeah. they're they're doing something. Yeah, I've I've got you know I've got friends that have worked there. Their families have worked there. Generational workers that their whole lives. You know that's that's ORNL Y twelve. Uh, I think K K K twenty one K whatever the other one is. Um, but you know you, you hear stories. They've he tells me uh, one specific friend that I have that um, used to be out in the woods a lot. He'd do a lot of landscaping and and uh, exterior maintenance for Y twelve. They always tell me about areas that they specifically cannot go, and they've got guards twenty four hour out in these mounds in the woods. It's like, what are you guarding out there? <laughs> what kind of experiments could possibly be going on? He he tells me he hears so, stuff. So who who's guarding it? They have armed guards. Uh, the government, you know, they have right security so working. They're out there guarding mm-hmm. these buildings. You know, he says they're some of them are mounds. They have like. Um, foliage over them. They have a like concrete doorway, like almost like so, old school bunkers. Okay. Um, they they have constant guard around them, and it's like you know it could be nuclear materials that they're guarding, or it could be a portal to you know. We'll go with portal. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go with portal. I, I like that one better. <laughs> N- nuclear technology is so old. Yeah, I have that. Uh, the name of the lake in Georgia, Lake Lanier. Yes, Lanier, right? Lanier, Lanier. 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 That's the one. So it says it's estimated that over 20 cemeteries were disturbed. They were either, they either flooded it with water or the ones that they did know about, they exhumed the bodies and reburied them. So part of the local lore says that the spirits that were disturbed by the creation of this lake, they're, you know, wreaking havoc on all these people swimming. That's just the, that's the urban legend. Yeah. They talked about the lady in blue. In 1958, there was a woman named Delia May Parker Young that drowned in the lake. And when her body was recovered, she was missing her hands. It's not unnatural. Hands and the feet are the first thing to go. It's just thin ligaments holding those together. So fish, predation cycle, a lot of drowning victims are found missing those. But interesting thing, a lot of people who are not familiar with that story will report, they'll call the police, talking about seeing a woman walking around with blue hands or a blue dress missing her hands. Gosh, I I feel like I I heard um this uh I forget Christian who's the guy that wrote that book that I have in my bag about the uh Skinwalker Ranch in in uh, was it Alabama I think it was. Do you remember? I I don't know. Uh I I forget that I was listening to this guy and I bought the book and I still haven't read it. But uh 
there there's like this like Skinwalker Ranch of the South type area. Right. And I feel like he was talking about this whole thing. Yeah. So it's it's I mean it's Trey Hudson. Yes. Okay. Thank you. It's fairly, I guess, common knowledge in the area now, or I guess pop culture. I think there's um there's a band that wrote a song, a couple of bands that wrote songs about him. There's poem poetry. Um, Lake Lanier was actually I can't remember the author's name, but it was named like uh, uh, poem or sorry, a poet from Georgia. Um, I can't remember his first name, but his last name was Lanier. It's named after him. Um, but about building about the cemeteries getting moved. The Army Corps of Engineers were behind Lake Lanier, and if you do any kind of research on American, uh, besides the TVA, Army Corps of Engineers were behind a lot of stuff like that, a lot of uh, missing people and a lot of mm. um, burial mounds and, and cemeteries getting disturbed for that kind of stuff. There's, um, of course, I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit hole, but if it's the government's involved, you know there's normally <laughs> there's normally nothing, uh, nothing good that's going to happen. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you doing these, uh, these, this, um, I, I, I don't, I don't, is it, it's a show, right? Like the, it's, or it's like yes, a docu-series. It's, it's a show. This one specific. It's like a reality TV show. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but I've worked on a couple different things. Um, sure. Some recent stuff that's come out, some stuff I can't really talk about because of NDAs that haven't been, hasn't come out yet. Um, all of it being primarily focused around the paranormal and, and cryptids and all kinds of cool stuff that I can kind of nerd out on. So, and, and that's your, that's your wheelhouse. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. yeah, that's what so, I love to do. I, I, so I grew up, uh, Maryville native, um, grew up in this area, East Tennessee area. Um, my family's from Point Pleasant, spent a lot of time up there when I was probably seven or eight, I would go to the Hayes Hotel and do, you know, quote, unquote, paranormal investigations with a little, you know, one of those wind up uh, cameras and, and yeah. my cousin and go take <laughs> pictures of orbs. So it was from a young age. I was kind of sucked into it. <laughs> That's cool. And yeah, I grew up with a, a very superstitious little stubborn Hungarian grandmother who taught me how to count crows and, and taught me the importance of, of premonitions and her dreams. You know, I would get phone calls at 12 o'clock in the night from her be like, are you, are you okay? Where are you at? Like, what's, what's going on? Really? <laughs> like, I'm sleeping. She's like, oh, I just had a really bad dream. And then something will happen to somebody else in the family. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, I kind of got hooked at a young age for yeah. the strange. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, this is something that like really wasn't foreign to you and your family as far as these things goes. Cause I mean, like your lineage is from Point Pleasant, which yeah. is, which is bonkers. I, it's fun. What's, what's interesting is that we're recording this on a Thursday and literally today, uh, my member show. The woman I talked to, her lineage is from Point Pleasant. We briefly talked about it as well. Like, <laughs> it's, it's wild, man. I tell you what, since I sent that email in, I've had so many synchronicities relating to either what I talked about in the email or something that happened to me um, or on that day or, or around that time that's related to, you know, whether it be owls, which was talked a lot. I listened to the um, uh, the Dark Holler episode. I yeah. don't remember what episode number that was, um, but that was right before I was supposed to come in and we had to reschedule for some uh, some things but I was getting goosebumps listening to it you know, the chief of Point Pleasant you know the, the curse that's supposedly related to there and part of the Mothman uh, prophecy uh, we were told growing up not to say his name every time somebody in my family said his name something bad would happen there I recall one specific time where my uncle who's now dead because he thought it was hilarious to say his name I guess <laughs> he um not directly he had gout <laughs> okay. but yeah he, he he was the one that would always stir things up and 
we were sitting outside on my grandfather's front porch and he had started talking about the curse and, and I think the courthouse and no later, probably two seconds after he said his name, there was a loud thunder clap and it just opened, the skies opened up and started pouring. I was like, okay, I believe this stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there was a lot of that, a lot of getting taught um, what to step around. I remember being, you know, around that age, I would spend summers up there with my grandparents and my grandmother would have uh, the newspaper clippings from back then from all the sightings. She had seen him a couple of times, my grandfather. So their house is at the very end of one of the bigger neighborhoods in Point Pleasant, uh, pretty much a dead end road. In front of their house is a railroad track and behind the railroad track is where the government stockpile for coal, uh, minerals, all that stuff was. And there was one specific coal mound I remember looking out of their window and seeing and it was always kind of creepy, but my grandfather swore so many times that he would see red eyes sitting on top of it. So that was, that was, um, that was always on the back of my mind, in the back of my mind and in the front of my mind when I was up there to, you know, be careful about what you say and kind of where you go out at night. So, so the, the culture up there, uh, I'm, I've never spent any time at Point Pleasant. I haven't even been to the Mothman Festival. Uh, but back then, what was the ratio of people who like were aware of this and actually believed it versus? I think there was a lot of hype behind it. I think a lot of people kind of got onto the newspaper bandwagon and then there were people that started coming out and like serious people, you know, people that you wouldn't just, you know, mayors and, and my grandfather's best friend was Shorty. He was the sheriff at the time. I remember Shorty's name, him and Polly, they were like, you know, the faces of Point Pleasant um, they reported seeing him multiple times. Uh, anybody who would go down towards the Nitro area, which if, you know, people that know about Point Pleasant and the Mothman, that's like his home stomping grounds, I guess. It's where most of the, the sightings originally happened in the 60s. Um, so these are people that were not seeking attention. They were people that were not going to say something if it was going to ruin their reputation. So I think... I think the media kind of stirred it up a little bit, yeah. but I also think that there were actual sightings and people were serious about it, you know. Um, there was, I, I recall, I don't remember what year it was, but I remember my grandfather telling me about a man who uh, pretty much walked out in the middle of winter and froze to death because the Mothman told him to, to walk out. I, mm-hmm. I don't remember if that's part of the movie. I, I haven't watched that the Mothman Prophecies movie in a while, but that was one of the first um, like really serious um, tales surrounding the Mothman that I remember. My grandfather was supposed to be on this, he would have been on the Silver Bridge the day that it collapsed. He had uh, decided that he was going to turn back and go home because he was sick. And my grandfather was, I mean, just like everybody else back then, he was very stubborn and, and didn't want to... Um, look like a weak man ever. So he never took any sick days uh, except for this one. And about five minutes after he turned around and got home, that's when they heard uh, that the bridge collapsed. He, uh, my grandfather's actually got a pretty cool story. He uh, grew up in the area. He pretty much built all of the roads up there, uh, all the mountain roads, all the major roads. He worked for the county um, building. Pretty much all the infrastructure or the, the roads to get the infrastructure into Point Pleasant and the surrounding areas. So he 
met a lot of people. They all had stories. You got to know quite a bit of all of the high strangers that happened in that area. Mm-hmm. So that got passed down to me eventually. But my father, he moved down here. I think I want to say he was probably in his mid twenties uh, when him and my mom married and they moved down here. And since then, there was always something that happened around us that was paranormal from every house that we moved to. Um, my dad believes, well, I, our whole family thinks that it was probably related to just the curse and being from Point Pleasant, uh, or we were just extremely unlucky and ended up in a lot of haunted houses. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, for our sponsor today, we have Uncommon Goods. We talked about them a few weeks ago, and it is a great option for you guys coming into the holiday season. Many people don't know what to do for gifts. In fact, when I was talking to my wife about this sponsor here, she told me that she used them in the past and she absolutely loved them. And she's like the, I don't know, the gift shopping queen. I mean, she's the type of person that has the Christmas shopping done in June. And so we're never running behind. We're not the people that are at Walmart at midnight on Christmas Eve still shopping. That's not the case in my household. Lindsay likes using UncommonGoods.com. And it's really easy. You go on the website and they have a great sections right there on the front page, but you can actually select it by categories like uh, for him, for her, kids, all that stuff. So if you were to click, I don't know, for him, it takes you to another page that's all stuff geared for guys. And then they also have subcategories like outdoor living, sports, fitness, and recreation. And you can click on one of those categories. And then they even give you an option for price as well. So you're on the page of, let's say, sports. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I like them, but I don't like them that much. Let's do under 50. So you click under 50 and all of a sudden they pop up everything that's meant for guys, sports, and under $50. It really makes shopping for gifts super easy. Easy. It's dummy proof. And right now you guys can get 15% off your next gift. Go to uncommongoods.com slash Tony. That's uncommongoods.com slash Tony for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. The house I was I lived in when I was born was right next to it was an Alcoa, it was right next to the airport. So I got to you know, Oh really? Yeah. One of my fondest memories was seeing you know the Blue Angels when I was younger for all the air shows flying right over the house. Yeah. Um we always had some weird stuff go on there. Our house was kind of uh it was two story kind of split foyer type uh, setup. And the bedrooms were on the far end of the house on the right if you're looking at it, and there was a patio on the left side. And there was a bathroom. My mine was facing the front of the house. My parents was on the their bedroom was on the opposite side, and in front of their bedroom was a bathroom. And I, I don't remember my age. I don't remember when it started happening. I just remember specifically every night at midnight, the toilet would flush just by itself, flush. <laughs> and my parents thought it was hilarious that you know that we got a prankster ghost. Yeah, and, you know, just continued. My dad stayed up one night, watched the toilet plunger or the the handle really itself yeah and it it just never went away it happened every night wow have you did you ever stay up to do to watch that back then i was so i mean i'm still like i get goosebumps thinking about some of the dumb stuff that i did back then yeah um this is very early into uh opening the door to the the paranormal so i was i was being a little baby about it but 
you know, what do you do? <laughs> um, there was a moment where my dad woke up in the middle of the night. He heard some voices downstairs. Uh, so he went downstairs to go investigate. My mom was, you know, just kind of surveying the upstairs. I, I don't recall waking up. I don't think they woke us up at all. My sister was an infant at this point. My mom said she looked down the hallway into that outdoor patio and the screen door was closed, but the storm door was, or the, the door itself was open. She saw a glowing white dog and don't know where it came from or why it was there because we have a gate, a four foot gate that was closed and we didn't have a dog at that point. She said she saw the dog and she walked up to the door. Um, my dad was downstairs looking, looking around to see who was in the house. And when she turned around to yell at my dad, dad said that the voices stopped and she turned around and the dog was gone. So there's always, she thinks it was a guardian angel or, or some kind of spirit that was trying to protect us from whatever is downstairs. Um, there's a lot of theories that my family's kind of thrown about that kind of stuff. There's there's a lot of that repeating the voices downstairs in that house. Then we moved to La Follette. Well, the voices in the basement, you guys never... And it never got resolved. It never stopped. It and it, But it wasn't every night like the... Uh, the, the okay, was. okay. It was sporadic it might have been I was, once a month twice a month gotcha i was thinking it was every night I was no like, no God, yeah. like, that would, that would <laughs> like i would i'd be driven mad yeah yeah I, my dad especially my father i don't think he could have handled it i don't think many people could yeah i i do believe that they were something that either followed him or was in these houses that because my dad's a great guy but there were points where he had something dark in him i think it was whatever that was really yeah taking control of him um, and I mean, he says it to this day. What, what, what do you think that is? Like, why, why do you think your dad had something dark in him? I, I think that it has something to do with Point Pleasant. Really? So you think it's involving the curse and stuff, not dad, I don't know, like summon a demon in the middle of the woods. No, I mean, he doesn't really say anything about his youth. So maybe he did something really stupid. <laughs> Point Pleasant. I don't know, but, um, I guess there is no telling. Um, so we we moved to the new house in La Follette, and there was even more weird stuff that happened there. Um, we had handprints in the corners of walls where the where the wall met the ceiling um, that were flat between the two, and we'd paint them, and they'd always come back. Voices again in the downstairs bedroom. My sister this is after I moved out. I moved out and came back down to Knoxville to go to school with my grandparents. And my sister said that she was up there one day by herself, and um. She walked into my parents' room, which is connected to the kitchen, to get the vacuum cleaner. And as she walked back out, all the cabinets were opened. And this happened multiple times with, you know, whatever was designing to play tricks on her there. Um, and then I had probably the, the scariest event that I could relate to happen to me when we were in that house. Um, this was after was my grandfather from Point Plaza came down and visited with us. And the next morning, after the, the first night they got there, he woke up and told us, he asked us who that was outside on the patio with the bright lights. Dad was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, they were down there for, I think, a week, and it happened three times. Nobody knew. I mean, nobody was out there that we knew of. We didn't hear any knocks. Um, but after that, my mom started seeing whatever she saw in the sky. She, you know, she says a UFO is something 
flying and, and she would be out. We, we, the house was on, I think, 11 acres. So it took a while to, to mow. And, and she was mowing the, the front area next to the road. And she looked up and saw it kind of hovering. And it was not fairly close to her, but it was, you know, probably a couple hundred feet in the air. That, that, that's like a, an hour north of here, roughly? Yeah, it's about 40 minutes. Okay. Um, it's close to the, the Middlesbrough, uh, to the state line from Tennessee and Kentucky. Gotcha. Um, after she saw that, after my grandfather said that he saw somebody out on the porch, um, I remember riding my bike. So, so we, our, this house is desolate. I mean, it was out in the middle of nowhere on a place called Indian Creek. Uh, we were the only people on that road so much that they named it they named it after our family um so i would go up that was probably maybe half a mile from our driveway at the end of our driveway to the front of the neighborhood so i would drive or ride my bike up and down all day during the summers when i was a kid and right as the driveway meets the road across the way it's just it's all woods but there's a really thick area looks like you know some like a deer bed or something and I remember coming back around dusk uh, to come home for dinner, and I just see two red glowing eyes in that little thick area. And I thought it was probably a fox or you know, maybe just the light hitting a deer or something like that. Uh, so I didn't think much of it, and it kind of creeped me out. I always got a really weird feeling about that area, uh, mainly just because it's woods, and woods always freaked me out. I remember like Blair Witch Project coming out around that time. Oh, so I was like, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. Um, so that, I get, that was based in Maryland, I think. Yeah. And then I was far from where I was yeah. growing up. <laughs> it's like, I'm never going in the woods. Yeah. Uh, so to this day, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to the Adirondacks or not. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll take the Appies. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> uh, of course, well, I guess we got our own weirdness here too. So. Tons. Yeah. Tons. I love it here. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, you know, days go by and I saw it a couple more times. Just It was always in the same spot and that's what made me even more weirded out about it. Uh, or made me start to get weirded out about it. And one day I came down the driveway. The driveway was at like a 40% grade. It was really steep. And I came down at flying at normal. I can just brake late and, you know, cut and go up the hill. It helps me push because the rest of the drive or the rest of the road's a hill. And apparently that didn't work. <laughs> and I flew over and into close right next to that thicket, went over the handlebars and kind of laid there for a second. Like, man, this sucks. Like, <laughs> this isn't fun at all. And uh, I hear something stomping behind me, like running. You know, normally if you hear a deer, it's it's light. You know, they're very light and nimble. And this was heavy, like heavy footprints or heavy footsteps stomping really fast. And I got immediately set up and I turned around and didn't see anything. But I felt like something was right there, like on my neck. So I got up and got out of there as quickly as I could and made sure I never went down in that area again. Um, and it wasn't until later that I kind of, I tried in my head to make the connection between the Mothman and whatever that was just because of the red eyes. That was the only yeah. thing that connected in my head, which kind of furthered my conspiracy theory that, you know, whatever curse that was involved with the town followed us down there. There's a lot of people that say Bigfoot has red eyes. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. Because, so, the end of our property line, we were completely surrounded by woods. The end of the property line was was completely uh, wooded. And then on the other side of that, probably about 200 feet was water. I was like, oh, this would be a perfect area for Bigfoot. Right? Yeah. So 
I mean, um, this whole area. I mean, yeah. Like, like I know I've said it on the show before, but I, I literally am stunned at the culture in this area when it comes to Bigfoot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just everywhere. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, there's a lot of um, people who like to believe because it's better to believe that there is something out there. Um, sure. There's so many people that have seen it or have stated to see it. It's like, how, how can it not be, you know? Let me ask you, I don't want to veer off your your uh, your stories here, but this is something that I, I really wanted to ask somebody. You grew up around here. You're around the same age as me. I'm 37. You're 34. Um, and growing up around here, you grew up before Finding Bigfoot was on TV. Yeah. What was the conversation like around here when it comes to Bigfoot before it became part of pop culture? I mean, he was here. Uh, really? Yeah, there were stories all over the place about it. It wasn't... Because I see it more on TV now mm-hmm. than I did back then doesn't change the fact that it was always a hot topic in the area. Yeah. It was always something that people talked about. It was, uh, I'm trying to think if I've had anybody in my family that said that they've had sightings. Um, lakes. It always seems to be lakes that everybody that I, that I talk to or I've heard stories Makes from. Makes sense. Area. It's always next to the lakes. Uh, I think one person, I don't remember who it was, but I remember hearing a story of somebody saying they see his, they saw him down on the uh, on the river down like downtown Knoxville. Down really? The area. Yeah. So. Wow. I mean, hey, so I mean, there's so much water around here. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that that is a spot that people would see it. You know, just it, the water source. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and and because there's so much water here, I'm finding out that a lot of people travel to this area for the water sports, the yeah. fishing, yeah. all that stuff. So it, it, it does kind of make sense. I, I, um, I don't know. I, 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 I always wanted to see Bigfoot. I've heard Bigfoot. I've never seen Bigfoot yeah. and maybe my chances have increased since I moved here. <laughs> I, I guarantee if you look for him, you'll get some evidence around here because Beautiful. it's so, so often that you hear of somebody saying they see something or hear something, hearing a call or somebody knocking. Um, it's And you know, back to the water thing without going too far into Bigfoot, you know, there, there seems to be like two sides of people with Bigfoot. Those who think he's a natural evolutionary step in, in humans or in, in a species. And then there are people who think he's paranormal, that he's, he's a... a, a, a dimensional walker and, and there's people like me who are like bigfoot fluent and we just go with both yeah that's, yeah, that's why can't it be both you know right. you know um but if that's the case then water is known to be a conductor for activity right so it would make sense besides everybody's got a drink so mm-hmm. uh, it, it just makes sense that with the amount of wildlife the amount of area and even in the smokies the smokies are busy the people come from all over the world to visit but they visit Cades cove there's so much. That park is huge. I've heard of it. I've never yeah. been there yet. Yeah. It's it's that big, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's massive. There are some awesome trails. It's beautiful. If you really want to experience the mountains, you want to experience what? I'll have to do that. Yeah. Interesting. That's yeah, great. <laughs> so uh, I, let's get back on topic here. I, yeah. I, I didn't want to... I, I, my, my, I'm like totally like ADHD to the max. So I, am it's like, I am too. It makes me really hard. You know, we're talking about, I yeah. go all over the place. I'm like, wait, what were we talking about? So literally, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, stories, uh, paranormal stories. So I, I, it kind of ends there for my young life. I'm in the Jacksboro house. Um, I mentioned my dad being 
having whatever darkness that was, it got to a breaking point there where like, yeah, we were kind of scared to be around them. So I wanted to go to school in Knoxville, which I don't know why, because <laughs> it, it was so busy, but I, I thought I'd get a better education down there. I, I would, um, I had more friends in Knoxville. So I moved down here with my grandparents and all the activities seemed to stop or at least slow down um, to the point where I don't note of anything major happening. Um, we, uh, in between then, we traveled quite a bit. My, so my dad had a, um, this is right at the beginning of us moving to La Follette. He w- owned a shop down in Knoxville, yeah, a mechanic shop. And uh, one day he just decided he didn't want it anymore and sold it, sold the house. And we traveled everywhere west of the Mississippi for about two years. So I got to see everything. It would, would have been a lot cooler if I wasn't 12 years old. And So it was like a nomadic lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, I, it seems cool. It was fun for me being, getting to see Mount Rushmore. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw everything from, from that to like a pimp arguing with, with a, a <laughs> prostitute and uh, Reno, you know, so, but we, we saw some crazy stuff then, um, you know, lights in the sky and lights close to the campgrounds, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was something I would have appreciated a lot more if, I wasn't with my family, my, my mom and dad and my little sister when I was 12 was like the last yeah. place I wanted to be. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's still a lot of it that I, that I really liked and, and seeing, um, you know, lights over water and Utah, hearing stories of Bigfoot and like having the chance to go into the Cascades and try and look for them. That, you know, that was, that was fun. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've tried to pack as much, uh, high strangeness and, and weird, as I can into my life whenever I can. Yeah. Um, wow. So you are now uh, in life, you're, you're doing what you're doing, but you, the TV show that you, the reality show, is that the show that you caught that EVP on? Yeah. So the most recent one, which hasn't come out yet, uh, we were doing an interview in the Lizzie Borden Hotel with one of the curators there, um, or the tour guides, I should say. Um, we went through the whole place. They stopped all the tours for the next couple hours for us. So nobody was around except us. We uh, started at the bottom where they found the bodies. They did the odd, because, you know, back then they didn't really have cold rooms for bodies. So they did autopsies on top of kitchen counters. That was kind of the normal. So we did an interview around that, walked around, went upstairs uh, to the little girl's room where they used to laugh and play. And she had, the, the tour guide had actually just mentioned about how the kids could be seen laughing in this area and all of a sudden i hear like little girls laughing <laughs> as i'm running the boom and i start getting goosebumps and i look at my field producer like you know like what's going on and he's like what this point of my ears and so uh, you know, i didn't want to stop make make them stop roll so i just kept recording listening to this and kind of faded in and out um and after we stopped that take it grabbed him i was like i mean you gotta listen to this i don't know what it was but keep it so we can throw it in the show and and listen to it, make sure I'm not crazy. So we looked around the window right next to it to make sure there was no kids outside or anything. So uh, he sent it to a couple of the showrunners back here in Knoxville and they're all like, yeah, that's good little girls laughing. So <laughs> that was, uh, that was the first, that was, that was early on in the, um, the, the scary tour. Um, and then we went, I will say, you know, we're talking about Trans-Allegheny being kind of kitschy, but we were there all day 
And by the time we get to the nighttime, they take us to the part where they don't take normal tours and they don't really have it off off limits is the prison. And apparently they had some pretty gnarly dudes in here. <laughs> um, and then we started getting rocks thrown at us and hearing whispers. And that was... It. So the two tour guides that we had were talking about how they've had multiple instances of doppelgangers and you know feelings of tightness around the throat wow. and that kind of stuff. So when we started getting the rocks thrown at us, the tour guide was like, yeah, you guys, if, you know, you might want to head out because it's probably going to get uncomfortable. And that's when I was like, okay, let's just walk out. <laughs> so everybody else, I got everybody else out from upstairs and I stayed up there for about as long as I was comfortable and recorded some, some audio. So that said, uh, are you like the only one on the crew that is a paranormal dude? Yeah. You know, so a couple of the guys, uh, so there was, there was five of, yeah, f- well, four of us in a PA and the PA just varied between where we are. Um, the PAs were more, um, uh, believing, I think, than the rest of the crew. They were kind of skeptical, but I think, I think a few of them were kind of skeptical. They just wanted to stay, stay skeptical in case anything did happen. They could just write it off and, and, you know, not have to say that they dealt with something they can't explain. Yeah. Um, so I was always very, um, very adamant about letting me, let me record room tone and Nats and you guys go downstairs or go somewhere else so I can record this by myself. And, <laughs> you know, you, you, you can, you'll have room tone, which anybody who edits, like that's, that's, you need that all over the, uh, all over a show. So I'm doing my job and I'm also doing something, you know, fun. And if I catch EVPs and they've got something that's going to create good content in the show. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was always the one pushing for that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I think by the end of it, I think a couple of them had their eyes opened a little bit. Yeah. Especially after that, the Lizzie Borden, which is kind of cheesy to say because it's Lizzie Borden, you know, and whether or not the place is actually haunted or can be debated, but we heard something and I can't explain it that easily. So I'm going to stick to saying it was an EVP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, um, it was, it was an event. It was a fun event for sure. Uh, but yeah, I was I was the only one who really wanted to push for that kind of stuff at yeah. the beginning. So I don't know if we ever do another one, which I hope we do. Uh, maybe I'll get them a little more amped up for it. Are you are you uh, like a paranormal investigator at all when it comes to this stuff outside of doing it for work? So I I try to be um, with having a two year old and and working as much as I can. I don't really have the time like I used to. When I do, I I go and I record. EVP or I try to record EVP. I'll you know, run cameras, do anything that I can either by myself with the gear that I have, or I'll try and get together with people that I know either from the past or, you know, reach out. There's forums where, you know, people are crazy enough to meet random strangers and go sit in dark, <laughs> dark rooms. with. Them. <laughs> I'm not one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my problem is I don't like to do Ouija boards and and antagonize and, yeah. and and it's been really hard for me because I want to do it the right way and you know what's you, the right way to you? Right way to me is not and, and I, let me say this first off I'm not a perfect Christian I'm not a perfect man in any way I've struggled with Christianity with my religion um, since I was a kid but I do not want to stray away from what the Bible tells me not to do as far as like opening portals and, and, and doing things 
But if they open, jump through them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got another one I've got to catch after the interview. So. Perfect. <laughs> I come. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, the, the, there's the aspects of um, just what my gut tells me not to step on and not to tread on because there's yeah. some things you can't take back, but there's also that spot where it's like, okay, I, I want to be as much of a, a, a I don't want to say proper Christian, but I, I want to do things the right way, you know? Yeah. So. I'll tell you, um, with our new docu-series we're coming out with in 2023, Shadow Appalachia, uh, we are kind of tackling paranormal investigative uh, investigation like that in the sense that we're all Christians. One's a pastor and uh, we don't do Ouija boards. We, there are certain, like we're, we're basically doing, doing uh, paranormal investigative things and we're developing, not, I shouldn't say, I, it is a we thing, but uh, it's mainly Richie uh, from Sword and Staff Podcast. Mm-hmm. He is, we're, we're going to be developing investigative techniques uh, around our convictions. And it, it should, we believe it's going to yield more results than what you see on TV And because we're not like you and I and Christian were talking about earlier about being handcuffed by the industry and stuff, because we're not handcuffed, we're going to be able to show people what we actually uncover. And I really believe that we're going to like it, it it literally might lead to more wild nights doing it this way than any other way could have been. It's kind of like more flies with honey. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it is, it it makes you think you have to get creative if you want to do things. Um, not the enticing way if if you don't antagonize spirits or if you don't um, want to be intrusive because that, I mean people do it because they get reactions you know you hear people poke ghosts or, mm-hmm. or call them out and come okay. fight me yeah 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 it's like okay man all right we get it <laughs> but I, I don't th- there's no easy way there's no like set rule book for doing this like the Christian way there's no set way of of saying yeah. You can do this. This is a good way to, you know, if you want to speak to a ghost at this time, you know, you know, there's there's just not a lot of investigation that gets done that way. So I, I think that's a really, really awesome avenue to take, and and it's going to stretch your minds a lot. Tell me, <laughs> and, and we're we're going to be doing it at a, an ancient, uh, at an ancient, at an ancient site. Yeah. Uh, just think Serpent Mound, undiscovered, but discovered now. Yeah. That's where we're going. So you're going to have plenty of activity. Oh, <laughs> like like this is like the, from what I'm understanding, like the epicenter of why Point Pleasant, mm-hmm. uh, West Virginia, this area has so much craziness. Like, like we're talking old ancient gods yeah. and um, we're going to go, we're going to go fight them. <laughs> I'm gonna bring my stick, <laughs> my my ancient god stick, yeah. fighting stick. Yeah, I'm gonna bring my staff. I'm gonna fight you like Moses fought the the sorcerers, <laughs> Pharaoh's sorcerers. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna be turning my staff into a snake, and yeah. you know it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Then Absolutely. people are gonna say it's witchcraft. I'm like, no, it's Jesus. No, it's Jesus craft, man. It's Jesus craft. <laughs> Jesus craft. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Do you have any paranormal things happening now around you, like at home or anything? Like this, this curse that supposedly follows your family. So, I I, I will say since I've reached out to you, since I listened to the podcast, um, the Dark Holler podcast, and the chief's name was mentioned. Um, 
which I don't know if you said earlier, but you're not going to mention. Yeah, it I'm, I'm, I'm not you personally. Say it. Are like, I don't. Yo, I got like two hips replaced yeah, because of this. I'm yeah. not doing it again. So the last time I mentioned it was when I was working at this last production company. Somebody was wearing a Mothman shirt. I was like, oh hey, my I'm from my family's from Point Pleasant. We started talking about it, and they were like, you know, asking about curses and all that, and I just let it slip, and and. I, I was feeling kind of ballsy that day too. And, you know, it's like, I have it trained in my brain to not even think about the name. But when I said it, about a week later, uh, I was playing soccer and all of a sudden I couldn't run. So I go to the doctor. I just turned 30 and they're like, yeah, you've got avascular necrosis in your hip. We're going to have to replace it. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I'm, whether it's real or not, or that's just coincidence, I don't care. I'm not taking a risk. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so after I reached out to you, I had uh, a couple instances of being woken up with my legs being lifted in, in the um, in the bed while I was sleeping. Total sleep paralysis. I knew it was getting moved, but I couldn't do anything. Hmm. I woke my wife up and you know, she was like, what's wrong with you? What are you dreaming about? I, was like, I couldn't move. And she was like, you're making some weird noises. Um, so I, haven't, I used to have sleep paralysis a lot. I've seen shadow entities. I want to say like people, hat man, nothing like that. Just figures um and had really like vivid sleep paralysis of knowing not necessarily out, out of body but knowing i'm asleep knowing i can't wake up and having this like dread um but nothing really until that happened um some stuff with owls uh which i don't like to touch at all especially because of their relation to a cult and and the devil and all kinds of really bad scary stuff um my wife and I were watching, was it the babysitter my, or my, my best friend's possession or my best friend's exorcism or something like that? I don't know. The well, audience it, probably knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was one of those shows. Um, and there's some owls in it. My wife's like, what's the deal with owls? Are they good or bad? It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're bad most of the time. Um, you know, all the way back to Native American beliefs of them being associated with God, death gods or, you know, not always good things. Um, to, yeah, I used to nerd out when I was younger and study um, ancient mythology, Celtic mythology, and, and Norse mythology, and a lot of those, you know, birds, specifically crows and and uh, owls, are not always. They're frowned upon. They're associated with gods of war or gods of death or you know something like that. Um, so that this was, I guess, the day after um, Lindsay had reached back out to me. We watched that, and that that happened. Um, then, of course, I opened the door, and there's an owl flying in front of the, in front of the driveway. Um, and a couple other instances of just reference to them, some some small synchronicities. Um, so nothing too bad. Uh, my wife said that she heard some knocking one night at the house. This is all after being more active, um, after not investigating and not really doing anything other than listening to podcasts and and talking about you know coming to talk to you. So I don't know if I'm just peering back and it's, you know, peering and it's peering back or mm-hmm. you know, if it's just something that I'm now noticing because my eyes are getting a little bit more open than they have been. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more when I was younger that I blocked out, especially at the the first house we lived in in Maryville. Um, but you know how that kind of stuff goes when you're younger, you kind of oh, yeah. block it out. Absolutely. So I like how you say Maryville. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because you, you were born, you were born here. Mm-hmm. And you moved away. Did that moving away make you lose your Southern accent? Did you never have one? It's funny. I moved away and we came back and 
I uh, came back, went, moved down to my grandparents' house and started going to school at Bearden. Uh, everybody, it was like a fresh slate for me because I didn't know anybody in Knoxville. I walk in and people are like, are you from LA? Are you from California? It's like, no, I was born here. So I guess I was gone long enough where I had kind of not necessarily been embarrassed, but some kind of like tried to to cancel out my accent so people wouldn't, you know, look at me as a as a dumb redneck. <laughs> Did you have an accent before? Oh yeah, I, I mean, growing up, I, yeah, you know, it was all around me all the time, so I could yeah. not have one. I wonder. Um, I wonder if my kids are gonna have one or not. I mean, I don't have one, but you know, they're gonna go to school with kids yeah, that have accents. They're gonna have one, one hundred percent. Puerto Rican Southern accents. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah. So your wife now. Um, if you, so is she cool with you as far as like say you were to i don't know go hunt monsters in the smokies and stuff and then you accidentally bring home a demon like is she is she good with that stuff or she's cool with me going to hunt them she's not cool with me bringing it around i think more for me than for her because <laughs> i think i'm a little more sensitive to stuff than she is but she's definitely a believer yeah um, but yeah i think i think she's She's okay with it until she's not okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and she so right now she doesn't have a she doesn't have a reason not to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I mean, she's she's gung ho for me doing the things that I love. So yeah, uh, she's great that way. But until like you know, I bring something home, and my son, of course, my son is absolutely obsessed with anything ghost related. He loves. And he's two. He's two. And really, he loves to watch ghost hunting shows with me. Really, he'll, we'll we'll go ghost wow. hunting. We'll go ghost hunting. We'll go open the so. Our neighborhood, we live in a neighborhood, but we're surrounded by farms. So there's cows right in front of us. There's horses on the, the right. That's the way horses behind too. us. Love it. We'll go outside and he'll see, he'll say he sees ghosts in the cow field. And he'll go, he uses his spidey webs. And That's what my kids do too, the spidey webs. That's so funny. Um, wow. Okay. So I've never watched a ghost show with my kids. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure my son would be terrified. Yeah. Like, does your son get scared of ghosts being in the house or anything? He, he has a couple of nightmares. My my wife thinks it might be related to it, but he's he's had them before. Um, I think he's he's super mama's boy, and if she doesn't sleep with him, like all the way through the night, he wakes up and she's not there. That's what my that, son that's, was. That's a breakdown, you yeah. know. So I think that's probably more of what it is. But you know, she's like, okay, you think you need to tone it down with watching the ghost shows with him a little bit. <laughs> so. I mean, but my kids, uh, like Ben would come in my office and he'd see like Bigfoot stuff, mm -hmm. and like I did have a, a Mothman poster on the wall, and it was kind, of, it was good. It was kind of scary for a kid and yeah. stuff. And I remember the first time he walked in the office as a little kid, he he just kind of stood there and stared at stared at like. What is that? I was, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a weird bird, buddy. It's my buddy. It's just a weird bird. Uh, but the topic of Bigfoot, he really gravitated towards. I mean, it's fascinating about when you're a kid, man. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. And and then I remember recently, uh, since we moved here, he would say things like, um, Daddy, Bigfoot's not real. And I was like, how dare you? Like, what is... What is what? Who? Who have you been you are talking not to? My son. Get the get out. You know? And uh, and I, I think I've I've uh, manipulated his brain enough now to start saying it's it's real again. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right. brainwashing my son to believe in Bigfoot. Condition yes. him the right way. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I don't care if it makes him an outcast. He'll be always popular in my book. That's right, and that's all. It matters. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's he's uh, talking to me about Yetis and Bigfoot and all this stuff. And I, we were driving to to. Um, 
to school today and he was talking about the size of Bigfoot and he's like, I just don't know how we can not see it if it's so big. I'm like, son, <laughs> that's a very complex conversation that takes longer than 20 minutes. How much time do you have? <laughs> well, there you go. We've got that show that I just worked on, Bigfoot versus Yeti. Yeah. TV, so you can watch that with him. Is that is this something that he could watch? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, When's it coming uh, out? It's already out. It came out on oh, really? National Bigfoot Day. Gotcha. Which is October 21st, I think it is. Okay. What channel? Uh, on Tubi. On Tubi, that's yep. right. Tubi. Hey, listen, I'm I'm new to this whole TV stuff, and uh, Expedition Dogman's on Tubi. Supposedly, mm -hmm. I couldn't, be, I haven't been able to find it yet. How long does it take for these these companies to post that stuff? Do you know? Uh, I mean, they give you air dates. That's I mean, oh, they give you yeah, air dates. Don't give me air. Well, dates. Well, I mean, it's contractual uh, obligation. <laughs> gotcha. So if you if you work with them and you say I want it on, say this I'm not working with them directly. I'm using Film Hub. Yeah, I, I would reach out to the distributor and see because I mean they have to let you no notify you when it's gotcha because that's when the money starts coming in and and all the the legal stuff comes in is. Yeah, when it starts airing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just going with the flow and all this stuff. Yeah. I, don't forget, I don't forget. They're like, when's it? I don't know. When's your next film? I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got to press for it and be like, hey, it's when it's when it's on TV because yeah. apparently, you know, we were talking about it earlier. Tubi's, yeah. Tubi's. Uh, That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm it's hearing becoming a thing. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I, I download their app on my phone and uh, I, I, I've been checking the website and stuff, and you know, it, it's, it's a pretty. It's very clean and operational. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it does remind me of uh, of a Netflix type of uh, vibe, mm -hmm. and that's what they're saying that uh, it's going to replace Netflix in the future here. So, oh, Expedition Dogman is now hey. on Tubi. Hey, look at that! I just live <laughs> on the show. I just checked it out. Expe look at that, Expedition Dogman. Awesome. There's Christian's mug right there. Look at that. Okay, nice. Congrats. Look at that. All right, all right. So I don't I don't know what that means now, but. There you go. <laughs> Anybody listening this far, if you haven't unplugged yet, Expedition Dogman, <laughs> right there on Tubi. Download the Tubi app today. I have a synchronicity. What's that? So, Cody, you mentioned that you knew what the the National Bigfoot Day was. Mm -hmm. You know what day the first Mothman news article came out? October 21st? No. It was today, 1966. Oh, are you serious? Are you serious? What's today's date? <laughs> uh, that's wild. Yeah. So the first sighting was November 12th, uh -huh. but it was this date. It was today, 1966, that this article came out titled Couples See Man Sized Bird, dot, 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 creature, dot, 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 something. Wow. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. And it's crazy because I today I'm dropping a, 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 an episode where the lady, she comes from Point Pleasant. That's kind of crazy. Man. It's all related. So I, the, the, the synchronicities with the show over the time, over time and stuff. Like sometimes people are like, "Man, that was a great time." I'm like, I, I literally did it by accident. Like yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't plan that yeah. much. You know? So, yeah. It's. I mean, the more you look, the more you see. Yeah. It's. It's things are. Um, you know, I've been nerding out on the uh, the new God of War game, and you know, he tries to change fate in it or whatever, and it's like you can't change fate. Things things happen. They, all the pieces come together for a reason, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So would you ever go up to like the Point Pleasant area to do investigative stuff? Oh, since yeah. Since it's your roots? Yeah, I'd, I go up there as much it doesn't, as I can. It, it, so it doesn't scare you away? No. So it's just, just the chief's name. Yeah, that yeah. Is any, like any, no go. I, I don't know if it's somebody directly in my family saying it or if it's people around me saying it because all I said was when uh, through correspondence with your wife, she said, hey, we're going to have to reschedule. I just listened to the episode. Said, hey, you guys be careful because every time something like this 
you know, that name is mentioned around me, something bad happens, but obviously like there's a separation there. You yeah. Know? So I, I haven't dared to venture that far into it. Something bad could have happened and I just don't connect that. So there you go. I mean, I, I, I'm so like, yeah, like deaf. Well, I, my, my wife's grandfather passed away yesterday. Really? Yeah. Sorry to hear um, that. So, I, you know, maybe there's some correlation there that I haven't put together yet. Um, but you know, I'd probably be a little more cautious of it if it happened today or something. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, there's there's always there's always something if you look, the pieces will put come together. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Well, Interesting. Well, I think this was a fun recording. Yeah. And, absolutely. Uh you don't have any do you have any uh, let me put it this way. Do you have anything you'd like to promote as far as your work goes or anything? Uh, yeah, if anybody's got any kind of projects, um, you know, I do a lot of network stuff. I, as cheesy as it's been, I've been doing a lot of uh, home improvement. Um, Fixer to Fabulous is the one I've been working on most most recently um, for HGTV. Um, so I do a lot of network stuff. But if anybody's got a project um, that they feel so inclined to get some sound design worked on for paranormal, anything related, uh, then give me a shout. And if I've got time, then I'd be love. I'd love to to get my hands in as much as I can. Like I said, this is my first year full on freelance from, uh, from leaving company I've been at for a long time. So I'm, I'm just trying to get my name out there and, yeah. and do what I can. So do you want to put your whole name out there then? Yeah. Yeah. It's Cody Alford, A-L-F-O-R-D, um, C.Alford88 at gmail.com. Um, I haven't LLC'd yet. <laughs> I've been pushing it off so much, but I'm sure that'll happen soon. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean, if anybody's looking for a sound design out there, I know there's people that listen to the show that are uh, creators, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, you're a free agent. Yeah, and yeah, free agent. So you pick me up and send me out to uh, wherever. Uh, it's a Point Pleasant. I got plans for you, my friend. <laughs> <All right. Sounds good. laughs> We're gonna send you all over. Uh, yeah, no, but um, yeah, man, I appreciate you being here. It's it's funny because you said uh, Alford. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have another friend with the same last name, but we said Alfred. Yeah, it's it's funny. Everybody says, that, you know, you get called to the doctor's office. It's always Alfred. Um, mm-hmm. My family's always said Alfred. And it could just be because we're dirty rednecks, but <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I'd never met any. I, I don't know too many people outside of my family with their last name, um, but just recently found somebody with my exact same name who is a social media guy and he's pretty awesome ex-marine i can't say ex-marine because once a marine always marine. always a marine yeah Away from enemies, from revenge, be near To avenge my peers, I confess my sins right here Where the pelicans swim and the great whites fly Aboard Noah's Ark and enjoy thy ride But the Matrix don't care, we enjoy Cloud 9 6-3 Nicola, no order particularly DeLorean dreams of the crack cell But we know the crack gon' sell So if it's a fair, but don't work well I was a hand when Reagan was a cartel Push a bar, do I rap, do I sing, do I preach, I don't know Do I lack anything via love? No, I don't But we gotta be a warrior too Cause that's just what warriors do Shut up and try
pretentiousness Decades is vintage, no Babylon built on contentiousness Clash on the road to Rome, we're gladiators who broke but ain't no breaking us all yeah. They just wanna take the air, I ain't caught down low the air Step forth the top, but I'm a rebel like here Double helix and Jorinix with Jesus, I'm a chimera Looking at these gold years flying by by fair force They cutting it off for the food too Analytics they used to recruit you on your son's zoo. They don't want the individual just to carve a copy. You spitting that man a copy. Yeah, I'm talking saucy. All they want to build is a prison world full of pet Tamagotchis. Like a kamikaze. Got me out of body like I'm Goku SS3. They want to push me to the center like a cell. They want to spin up at the center of the next. It's me. Yeah, yeah.